Welcome in brand new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Wyndham Championship. I'm Rick Gaming, that right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, I am under the impression the Wyndham Championship has a special little place in your heart. Is that true? Yes, it absolutely does. <laughs> um, I got lucky in a fantasy app once upon a time at this event, and um, it was pure luck, but it will always hold a very special warm spot uh, in my heart. And it's the final event of this season. So I'm excited to talk about it. We get to wrap things up. There's a lot to play for. I'm actually excited about the field that we got, although there isn't a whole lot of top heavy stars. Um, there's a lot of guys with a lot on the line this week. Um, and I, I like this tournament. I'm, I was getting a little annoyed and tired with a couple of tournaments where it didn't feel like bogey was really in play. Um, mm. we'll see some of those here at Sedgefield. Uh, I always love this week. Excited to roll buddy. Yeah, final week of the PGA Tour regular season. Next week, we'll start the playoffs, three weeks of playoffs, culminating in the Tour Championship. We'll take two weeks off, and then we'll start right back at it again, the shortest offseason in all of sports. And if you've stumbled in here and you have no idea what you're doing, here's what's going on. We're playing jock market it's stock market dfs where as of right now you can bid on shares of golfers for this week's Wyndham championship and then when live trading begins tonight at 9 p.m eastern time you can buy more shares you can sell shares you could short shares and joe really the biggest part about this and i say it ad nauseum but it is worth pointing out every single week that every single golfer in this field is live because all they have to do is beat their own expectation. And there is not another fantasy market that exists where literally every guy is available. 100% um, nailed it. Each guy, there's markets out there where you can bet top 40s, top 30s. Literally every fair value and price is associated with a finishing position on every single player in the field. Um, that's easily sort of viewable within your app. As soon as you're bidding, whenever you're selecting a price, it will tell you that break even mark. If they finish better than that, you will incrementally increase per share that you have. If they finish below that, you will incrementally decrease. So that is the total beauty of this thing is um, whatever a price is, if a guy has to finish 46 or better, there is always a sweat going on. There is always something to play for. There is always somebody in your portfolio that is going to be climbing up. And it's a matter of building consistently and cohesively uh, sort of throughout to, to try to get a positive week. For example, Steven Yeager this time last week sold for $3.13 a share. His payout, his guaranteed payout based on his finishing position was $15 a share. He did not cash you any outright tickets. He probably had zero handle in like the top 10, top 20 market, maybe not zero, but close to it, uh, but was the biggest earner in terms of ROI in the jock market last week, Taylor Moore, $3.41 into $14. That's $10.59 of profit per every single share. These guys didn't win, Joe. They didn't even sniff the win at any point. But here they are as some of the big movers in the market. Yeah, the top, I think it was seven or eight guys on that list that you had all um, had better earnings than Tony Finau, who ultimately won the event. So, um, 
that's kind of where I really like this app is you have to pay just as much attention to the guys at the bottom, the Steven Yeagers of the world, the um, Taylor Moores of the world, those type of players as you do Tony Finau and Patrick Cantlay because ultimately they could end up outpacing them and you can get them for a fraction of the cost and they can make you even more ROI, not only because they're earning you a higher percentage, but frankly because you can get more shares of a guy at $3 a share than you could have Tony Finau last week who was nine. That's right. And you can buy one share of one golfer. You can buy 50 shares of 50 golfers. There is not an advantage or a disadvantage in that. Joe, if you've got 50 shares of 50 golfers and I've got 10 shares of one golfer, like depending on his finishing position, mine are going to pay out the same as yours, right? Like there's, there's really no inherent um, advantage for throwing five thousand dollars into tonight's market instead of my fifty dollars like we can both play on a a level playing field a hundred percent it's not an advantage like having 150 lineups versus having five lineups where you just have more of the space each share is equally as important whether you have one or whether you have 200 of them Um, so it's all about a proper build and and making a correct portfolio choice so what you should do if you haven't deposited yet, uh, there's a link in the description, but the code that you're looking for, it's power. It's up to $100 deposit bonus. You get in on the action and we're, there's baseball going on. Um, that little sport called, what's it called? Foot Football, I believe, is starting uh, here in a couple of weeks before you know it. And then we'll be into the just like, I, I mean, full on sports season. It's not just, we just talk about golf, Joe, but that's there's more to it than, than that in the jock market. Yeah, football is fun. They have started the multi-day baseball contest as well, which is very cool. I've heard um, some rumblings that something similar could be coming out for football this year, which will be super fun as well. Um, The football, even the daily ones are awesome. Like They run a, a Sunday night market, a Monday night football market. Um, and, and obviously a narrower player pool of guys who can get to that $25 per share mark. So different ways to play. There's a ton of sports. There's a free contest. There's this, which is the cash IPO, uh, but many different ways to go about the jock market app, all of which equally is exciting. All right, well, let's start playing and let's start playing in a segment called bullish or bearish. This is our opportunity to take a look at four different golfers individually and decide whether we are bullish or bearish. Now, how we determine that is based on each golfer's fair value for tonight. That fair value is determined by a calculation that looks at, hey, how often is the golfer going to win? How often is he going to get that $25 payout? How often is he going to finish top five? How often is he going to finish top 10, et cetera, et cetera. You throw it all together and you get yourself what the fair value of each golfer is. So let's start with someone who's won this event in the past. Let's start with JT Poston, who we have as the 35th pre-ranked golfer tonight and a fair value of $5.51, which Joe is asking him to finish about 30th or better. Are you bullish or bearish on JT Poston? Way bullish, Rick. If he finishes at that price, I may own all the JT Poston shares tonight. Um, I really like him. Look, defending champion, like you mentioned, I think that he's um, at least recently within the last, let's say, three months or so, a top five, six putter in the field. Really good course history on Donald Ross courses. 
great and birdie or better rates lately. Um, when I looked at sort of isolating some of the par four scoring, which there's a lot of par fours this week in that shorter range, 400 to 450 yards. You and I go play a par four, Rick, and that is that's long. Uh, not for these guys. That's a short little rinky dink par four. He's been playing those very well. He rated out number one. Um, over the last 24 rounds in that category for me. You can see there was a lull without a doubt through the early spring and the early summer and things have started to trend the right way and he's going back to a course where um, obviously he has a ton of confidence at the course he has a ton of confidence in his current form I expect him to play very well this week and I think that fair value projection is a little too low so I'll be bullish yeah you nailed it I mean the guy won here in 2019 he won just a couple of weeks ago his last four have all been very good his last 10 have been just fine and dandy when he is at his best he's playing out of the fairway and he's making putts which is probably the reason that he has won this event before so there is uh very little keeping me from investing my hard-earned dollars on jt poston uh this week unless he just goes nuts in the market and comes in at like eight dollars and fifty cents a share but i think we're i think we're fairly safe from that um next up how about adam scott I got a pair of Adams on my side. How about Adam Scott, who is the sixth pre-ranked golfer? That's important. Pre-ranked breaks ties. So the number one pre-ranked golfer who tonight is Shane Lowry breaks all the ties. So if he is in a seven-way tie for second, which by the way, what did we get last year? A five-way tie for a second because there was a six-way playoff? Yeah, Uh, yeah. So very important stuff here. Uh, Shane Lowry would break all ties. Adam Scott is sixth in the pre-rank. His fair value tonight, Joe, $7.51. That's a top 20. What do we think about Adam Scott? I actually like Adam Scott this week. I'm going to say bearish at that price point, and kind of here's why. Um, There were very positive signs last week. He actually had... um, albeit his worst putting week I had in terms of the stats that I looked at since 2019, still a reasonably decent finish. He has top 15s in both major championships to end the season. I think the form is looking up. Here's what I don't love. You basically need to finish 19th or better to pay off that fair value projection. And that's high given that his, if you look in terms of like a betting market, because I took an Adam Scott top 20 this week and he was plus 175 to finish top 20. So here you're basically essentially getting that as a break even point um, on something that he's an underdog to potentially hit. I don't quite think he reaches that price, but I'm going to look a little analytically and kind of go market to market. And I'll say, I'll take the bearish side on that price. I'm glad you brought that up. I saw that too. Yeah. I'm um, I'm I'll take the bearish side as well. He's uh, not only been a loser in 14 of his last 20 markets. uh, (laughs) You know, I were, I just look at his stat profile and I don't see anything particularly great. I don't think see anything horrible. He's, he's kind of inconsistent, but not in the good ways. And as you noted, it's just like, uh, guys, this plus one seventy five for him to finish inside the top 20 here. This doesn't necessarily always add up. So I'll take the bear side on Adam Scott as well. How about, let me find him here. Oh, Russ Henley, the fourth pre-ranked golfer. $7 and 87 cents a share 18th or better. He showed everybody the flash last week, just the one event before he goes back to a place. That's probably really good for him. Bullish or bearish on Russell Henley. Bearish. Uh, the flash wow. was like too much. And I think it's going to inflate the price. I think it's going to inflate the popularity. 
Um, important to know, while he absolutely um, landmined everyone's outright tickets at this event last year and didn't even somehow make the six-way playoff, Jock Market, he still returned you a solid ROI. Mm. I think it's a lot to ask for him this week. Besides last week, I do think that he ran into a little bit of a, a bump in the road in terms of his form. He lost you ROI seven of the last 10 starts. Um, within those 10 starts, he's he's averaging like minus 11% there when I looked at it. So in a little bit of a bump through the late summer, obviously putted pretty well last week, I believe. Got the iron play sort of back dialed in. But I think given that, um, last week I think was the opportunity to buy on Russ Henley at $5.99 a share. He's going to be way higher than that tonight. So I will say bearish. Bearish as well. I think that... Um... You just look at his last 10 and is one good ball striking week enough, right? Is that the outlier? I know he's historically a much better ball striker, but like just the timing of it where he has one good week to go back to a place where he should have a lot of success. It gets everybody foaming at the mouth and I'm not quite sure I'm, I'm there yet right he's not a good putter um his last 10 events have not been good in the approach categories outside of just last week i'm a little bit more cautious than that so i'll i'll take the bearish approach on russell henley one more and this is a guy i'll just already tell you i'm very bullish on joe it's adam long 578 is the fair value we're using tonight that is a top 30 i'll just run with this a top 30 is what you need from him he's done that four times in a row in fact he's done Top 25, four times in a row. You go back a little bit further, you get a T15 at Mexico. You get a T12 at the RBC Heritage. It's a guy who is playing the best golf of his season, maybe of his last multiple years right now, and his skill set is play out of the fairway, keep it in play, give yourself a bunch of birdie looks. Like, I'm in. I'm in on Adams, on Adam Long. The defense will rest the case. I'll be bullish as well. You made a great case there. Eight of the last 10, he's returned you an ROI. Has the has the 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 Duke thing sort of lining up here in North Carolina as well. Um, I wasn't sure you said two Adams. I wasn't sure if you were going long or Svensson, uh, but I like long a little bit better this week. Uh, I'll be bullish as well. You made a bunch of great points, and it's hard to argue uh, 20% ROI over the last 10 starts. He's clearly on a great run and been a little undervalued throughout the way. Hard to argue in D, the coach you're looking for, power. That'll get you up to a $100 uh, deposit bonus. Joe, uh, David wants to know if he can play this in Texas. Do we know? Um, that's a good question. I can look that up for you, David. Um, you could try to download the app and it will tell you. <laughs> just, um, just start trying to play. And if it tells you to stop, then stop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Stop, yeah. Texas, I don't know. That, they, they have fantasy, don't they? Okay, I'm we'll looking it up now. Um, while you do that, I'll refresh the big board. That's our live leaderboard that has the real-time pricing so we can take you through the rest of this IPO and we'll see if Joe can... Yes? Texas, you're good. Texas is in. Get in there, David. Use that deposit bonus. I'll see you in the market, buddy. You still got uh, 27 minutes to catch this thing. You can do it. Every market is bigger in Texas, I've heard. Uh, <laughs> we will find out. All right, Joe, here we go. Another Texas guy, Will Zalatoris, currently the most expensive golfer in tonight's cash market. So here's what we're looking at. Wyndham Championship, Will Zalatoris, $8.75 a share. Remember that fair value that I was referring to? Will Zalatoris has already surpassed his. So, Joe, that means 
a lot of optimism on Will Zalatoris for this week, and he's going to have to finish as of right now, basically inside the top 15 to return you a profit. I don't know. I don't feel great about Will Zalatoris here. He's been returned you a negative ROI in three consecutive starts. I feel queasy about this like it's going to come back and burn me what i'm about to say but um i envision just another birdie fest a shorter course that isn't going to play to to his strengths of a longer course longer irons difficult um conditions in terms of scoring so yeah i think that asking him to to potentially finish inside the top 15 this week um which is about where you're at right now is a, is a big ask didn't play great last week and still finished 20th. So I think talent wise, he's he's probably it's hard to argue that he's not the best player in the field. But uh, I'm just going to be off and just hope that he's using this as another week tune up and he'll be ready to go for the FedEx Cup playoffs. I will probably not have shares of him. Um, yeah. And I think what you're describing is is very accurate where. OK, so he, he finishes T20 at a place that I thought was horrible for him last week. So I guess I'm somewhat impressed. I only think this is like a little bit better for him. So maybe he finishes like T50. He's so talented that he can, he can do it on places that he's not a very good fit for, but I, I'm with you. You're, you're going to start to ask um, for a really high finish when we get up to this echelon of price. Right. Already at 875 and obviously not stopping anytime soon. But so we've Jay, seen that. Yeah. Let me ask you, Rick, uh, before we move on, do you think there's anything Okay, so we've we've been on this run, right? Where like the favorites, and I don't remember a a, a stretch like this in in sort of covering golf for a couple of years, where you had like Rory at the Canadian Finau, where basically the winners were consistently coming from like the top three on the odds boards or or the top three price points in jock market. Do you think that like? Is that a trend that that is real? Is that something that is predictive of the next event in a sense? Or is that just something like you're back, you're playing another hand of blackjack, you start from scratch and anyone could win a hundred to one or their favorite could win? Yeah, I think I think we've uh we've like hit like three blacks in a row or six blacks yeah. in a row on, okay. on 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 roulette. Um no, I just you know that it, yes, it feels like a lot because it's it's like a month and a half and we talk about this every day and it's like oh my god, another favorite. But when you start to zoom out and look at 20 tournaments, 50 tournaments, 100 tournaments, this is a blip on the radar. Totally. And um there's a lot more evidence that those guys don't win as often as they're winning right now. And it's also kind of like, it's not even like six different guys. It's like three different guys, right? Yeah. It's like Xander did it two or three times. Uh, Tony did it twice. So it's like, yeah, a couple of heaters. Rory almost did it. He did it yeah. once, but almost did it at the major too. So it's like, yeah. that kind of felt like it was getting there. It's funny. Cause you mentioned it's like six weeks and it's like, I don't know. The conspiracy theorist did me is like ever since like live started, like the favorites and the I big know. names have like come through, which is just, just ironic, but I'm with you that it's just uh totally like luck of the draw type situation. And, and it's going to sort of, as you mentioned, you look, you zoom out, you look at 50 tournaments, a hundred tournaments, the more that you play, the more that you're more likely to, to level back toward the norm. 
Sung Im is already significantly past his fair value. So I'd argue he the the, the he's got like the most the most positive sentiment on him at this point in the market with about 20 minutes to go. $8.50 a share. Uh that's 21st, or excuse me, his fair value was 720, which was 21st or better. He's already broken through that. Kind of a tough pre-rank for Sung J, 11th, Joe, which um, it only matters in tie situations, but that happens a lot in golf. What do you think about Sungjae this week? I'm okay with it. I'm probably more bullish on Sungjae than I would be on Zalatoris or Lowry. I think both of those guys will probably end up higher priced than Sungjae. Um, and I like him a little bit better. He's got great course history. Um, I love his ability to sort of, and he has these ups and downs, but I do like his ability to sort of go low. He has stretches where it feels like he just makes like 16 and straight pars, but he also has tournaments where he can make seven, eight, nine birdies. Um, this is one of those places that I think he can really leverage his, his iron play. This sort of region is where he's always kind of played. Well, this is where he got the win at the Honda on Bermuda. He's made his home in Georgia. Like this is kind of his niche of American golf. Um, on this Bermuda type grass surface. So yeah, I, I feel like it's a good fit for him. Um, I'm bullish on his recent play as well, coming in second there at the 3M. Shane Lowry is the big dog. He's the number one pre-ranked golfer. He's lost you money in four of his last five markets. He's $8.26 a share right now. There's a chance um, he's just kind of overlooked in this market. You know what I mean? Like this is a very much a like put your money where your mouth is on a Wednesday night. I think Zal Torres is going to fly up the board. I think Sung Jae will fly up the board. I think Corey Connors and Russell Henley are certainly going to be competitive. Shane Lowry is just like, I don't know. Everyone's just kind of lukewarm on him. It feels like totally agree. Um, even my sports books are offering like the, the boosters or whatever you want to call them on Shane Lowry this week. And I feel like they do that with the top player yes. because they're not really getting any action on him. They're getting no Correct. tickets. Um, so that's why nobody's betting him. No one's really talking him up. Um, he's one of the higher price guys here and will be, but he was on that incredible run before you mentioned like four of the last six starts being a loss where he was so consistently in placing top fives and right there around, um, us open Memorial time. He started to, to wane a little bit. He's still not like missing cuts and playing bad, but, um, at this price point, if he comes out here and finishes like 34th, you're going to, it's going to lose you money. Yeah, spoiler alert, the books don't give you boosts on the guy they've already taken like $100,000 of bets yeah. on. They don't, yeah. they don't give you boosts on those guys. Um, the next kind of tier here. So Billy Horschel is also in the $8 tier, $8.20. Then there's a dollar gap to Corey Connors. We already talked about Russell Henley, who's $0.40 cents behind that. Um, I guess let's just stay there before I get to the six seventy five guys. Horschel and Connors, two guys we haven't spent any oxygen on. I'm I'm quite high on Connors, but I I love the upside that Horschel offers. These are just kind of two two different styles of of golf here, and kind of what you're looking to build into your portfolio. Yeah, I would. I'm with you. I would prefer Connors there. Um, I do think that the course is a great fit for his style game. I think that he can really leverage his iron play. I love his, his accuracy off the tee in comparison to a lot of the other guys at the top of the board, I think is extremely elevated. And we've seen, um, 
accuracy off the tee has like killed it here. You look at Kisner last year when Poston won it. Um, he was fourth in fairways gained for the week when Jim Herman won in between and actually beat Billy Horschel. He was second in driving accuracy that week. So the fairways are generally pretty soft, but in order to attack Donald Ross greens, which is what makes this course tricky, you've got to do it from the fairway. And I think Corey Connors does that as well as any other guy at the top of the board. Um, should should have all the motivation to play well this week when he's seen, you know, when he sees Finau and Xander yeah. and these other guys start to get wins, it should be like, okay, now's my turn. The 675 trio, there's three of them. I think it's the most fascinating bunch of golfers that we have this week. Webb Simpson, 675, Siwoo Kim, 675, Howard Varner the third, 675. Uh, Siwoo and Webb Simpson have elite course history. Webb Simpson has elite of the elite of the elite, like of any golfer at any course type of course history, but he's not playing particularly well. And then Varner, who is like always been to me, almost like Russell Henley light, which is like, they kind of do similar things. (laughs) Well, Varner doesn't do it as well as Henley does, but like can kind of get hot at times. Like, what do we do with these three? Can kind of choke away a Sunday lead at times. Yeah, Yeah, right. You know, it's all the same. Just like a light Um, version. Yeah. So I'm going to have no share. I don't care what the price is. I'm not going to have any shares of web. Um, I can't do it. I look and I, and you know, this, and a lot of people will, I'm a course history guy, but you've got to be playing better than web is playing. Like I need to see signs. I need to see a couple top 25s and then I would love it. See was a weird one for me because I came into this week thinking, I'm going to be very bullish on Siwoo. I might bet him to win. But as the week has gone on, I've become more and more concerned that the popularity and the course history narrative is getting super played up. And Siwoo is volatility. Like the course history is there. We we know we've seen the clip where it's his favorite spot. But um, guys who can just jump up and down and can get awfully tilted on the golf equally like as equally as he can get hot and go on a stretch where he's elite he can get very tilted when things go bad i'm probably going to pass on um siwoo and web let's roll down a little bit further see if we can find some value in this market how about sub five dollars kind of starts with kevin kisner terrell hatton we have some accuracy guys like brendan todd in the mix if you like the duke narrative Alex Smalley is here. And then um, Jason Day is just outside that $4 range. But is there a guy or two kind of in this portion of the board that you think you'll be investing in tonight? Uh, a couple. So obviously, we I talked about Adam Scott, but love the price point there. I'm sure that that goes up a little bit. Accuracy guys, Todd, Reavy, um, I think are going to be great plays. Bezaden Hoot is even very accurate off the tee and good putters. Um, those are the type of guys that traditionally do well here. Terrell Hatton is a very interesting one to me, and he was a late add to my betting card. I do feel like there is there is upside there based on those guys around him in terms of um, what his top end like play is. Like, can if he can bring his A game, he could find himself in the winner's circle here. Um, pull that list up one more time. Oh, Adam Svensson is the guy that I wanted to talk about. I've loved Svensson all year. I'm probably going to ride the horse one last time around the ring here. Um, I've noticed that, and I think as he plays more events and we start to get a, a broader spectrum and understanding of what 
places he can succeed on. We're going to start to realize he plays his best on these these shorter golf courses. When you look at the Sony, when you look at Honda, um, when you look at these spots where where he really popped, they're not overly long golf courses where he can take advantage of putting it in the fairway. He is a an incredible ball striker. I've seen it firsthand. Like the guy is elite with the irons, and his putting has been better. He needs to avoid the untimely horrid three foot two foot miss that has been killing him lately but i do feel like this is a spot that is tailor-made for for his strengths as a player if he can have a decent putting week i think he can really lean on those irons and shorter wedges to get him close he's made you money in six of his last seven cash markets has adam svensson uh the coach you're looking forward to get involved is power there's a link in the description it'll get you a deposit bonus this market's going to close probably in about 12, 13 minutes or so, um, right before 9 p.m. Eastern time. That's when it's going to close out. We'll take you the rest of the way. Let's continue to find some value here, Joe. Now down into kind of the $3 pricing tier. Um, I'm quite smitten with Hayden Buckley, who's been one of the better ball strikers that we have on tour over the past couple of weeks. Steven Yeager could try to go back-to-back and and have another uh, good week after his great finish, as we illustrated at the top of the show. Anything in this kind of area here that has caught your attention? Buckley and Jaeger. I love both of those plays. I think Jaeger's got a ton of confidence. I I was really impressed with him and Hayden Buckley for that matter. These young guys who find themselves in contention on a Sunday in something doesn't go right early. Like for Jaeger, it was three putting the first. It was a terrible drive and it was three putting the first. Buckley had a really rough start to that U.S. Open, and they're able to pull it together. Like They're able to recompose themselves and still play well. Um, That's a big thing for me with really young players. I think they both have that knack. Um, Another, like a couple other guys, I I had a little bit of interest in Andrew Putnam just because I know that um, driving accuracy, putting are sort of his strengths, and he had a good finish at the three 3M open where he finished T11 um, kind of was able to double your money there on a really cheap IPO price. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of looking at that, that narrative of guys who can get a streaky putter and, and are accurate off the tee. Yeah. Putnam has been a winner in three of four and in four of six cash markets. And the one, one of the ones that he lost in was only 7% mm-hmm. in the negative. So certainly a viable option there. Just real quick. just Rick, Ricky Fowler. No. Okay. That's all. That's all. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't need, I like don't need anything else on that. Okay. Um, Matt Wallace. So you're not going to see a ton of, like he's got a little bit of Euro stuff. If you go back far enough, T10 at rocket mortgage, T26 at the 3M, uh, his advanced metrics start to look pretty good. I'm not a big Wallace believer, but I think I could back him this week. He's currently $2.93. His fair value is $3.79. If he gets to $3.79, Joe, it's 44th or better. Matt Wallace can finish 44th or better. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, If you're telling me the advanced metrics are looking positive for him, uh, I trust your opinion on that more than just about anyone. So a couple of good starts in a row. I do. I think one of his biggest assets is off the tee, and I worry that may be somewhat mitigated, but um, you don't finish 10th place in 26 in these good finishes lately. And I know he has a couple of good European tour starts, Mm. which aren't showing up here as well um, if the iron play isn't trending in a proper direction. Let's go sub $3 here. This is where things start to get a bit hairy. Um, 
Scott Piercy, who obviously had that high-profile kind of uh, failure at the 3M Open a couple of weeks ago, is in this range. David Lingmurth got into this field late. We've got like Harry Higgs and Roger Sloan, who has got, who's got like three really good finishes here, including I, I believe he was in that playoff he last was. year. Yeah, and now he's got two consecutive uh, winning weeks. Like a, a, any one of those guys or anybody else that sticks out to you here? Uh, Sloan was absolutely one that I was going to mention. Um, another one I think that is intriguing this week. You mentioned Wallace, um, but Danny Willett, hmm. a lot to play for, for Danny Willett. I saw something today that his, his five-year exemption for winning the masters is up after this season. He is right wow. on the FedEx cup line. So this is basically this week is, is an attempt to, to keep his PGA tour card, which I think is why he's been playing the last couple of weeks. Really good, really good at the three M open, not really good at the rocket mortgage. He's kind of had a season of up and downs, but I think we can trust that he is coming in extremely focused this week and sort of a, a flyer that I was interested in. And just I, what I thought was a crazy inflated betting number is Sepp Straka. There is nothing that would indicate that he is playing well at all right now. If you're looking at any of the it. stats, <laughs> a ton of missed cuts in a row. It's been bad. I do feel like there's potentially upside there and coming back to, he played his best in this region on Bermuda, got the win at the Honda, played really good at the Heritage. I think these shorter Bermuda grass golf courses are more in his wheelhouse. And if he was ever going to find a place to sort of get right, I just think that he's a better player than like Justin Lower and Norlander and Ryan Moore and Kelly Kraft and these other guys that he's right there around. I think that his talent level is is well above them if he can potentially turn it around for one week. But uh, it's been ugly. I love that. I love the it's been ugly. Let's find a, a good week out of a guy at, at long numbers. Um, I, I flipped this board around and I sorted it by the projected rank. And the cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get right now is Davis Riley, who I will admit has lost you money in four straight cash markets. I still remain probably more bullish than most on Davis Riley. And um, maybe I need to be kind of snapped out of it a bit. Well, as like a as a stat guy, what is he? Because I don't really know the answer. What is what does he do best? When he was on that run after he played with Zalatoris at Zurich, he would gain like six, seven, eight strokes uh, on approach for like that six or seven week stretch. And that's what I was hoping to hear. If you want to yeah, make a case for him, yeah. But it's not like, but he's not doing that anymore, right? And I'm just like. He's got all the upside in the world at a deflated price. He's nowhere near his fair value. And his fair value is he has to give him to finish 20th or better. Maybe I'm just a believer in the talent. And I, I also think it's like he's probably played more golf this year than he's ever played. He could be just getting like that rookie getting tired at the end of the year type deal. Yeah, I can totally see that. There's another guy I want to ask you about before I start to get in here and get my hands a little yeah. dirty. Um Massive ROI gains in three of the last five. Probably maybe the hottest player right now in terms of, of name recognition jumping up. What about Tom Kim? Like, what does he really do well? Do you, Is he going to yeah. make the FedEx Cup somehow? Uh, he would, no, he would have to win because he is not oh, he a, okay. he's not a member. Um, so he's, he's basically locked up his card for next year, but it's the Zalatoris thing where he has to... Um, he'll get his card for next year, but the only way he could get into the playoffs is become a member. And the only way he can become a member right now is win the Wyndham championship. That's the only way. Uh, so no, this he is will, his last event. 
This is his last event. Um, he does everything well. And what I love about this kid is the it reminds me a lot of Sung Jay, where when when all your peers tell you a guy is really, really good, you should listen to that. Like yeah. when other players tell you, when coaches tell you, when like you know, presidents, cup captains, like when you hear that all the time, you should listen. And that's all you ever hear about Tom Kim. It's just like everyone being like, he's so legit. And I think he's very legit. <laughs> That's awesome. He's extremely fun, uh, which yeah. I love about him. And yeah, there's he's proven in the stats. Um, U.S. Open, Scottish Open, Rocket Mortgage, all all really good finishes for him. Kind of out of nowhere. So the expectation level is is elevated a bit this week. Um, let's see. The highest IPO at the 3M was 699. We'll see if he can clear that mark tonight. All right, I got to get you out of here. 8.54 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. This is the time where Joe is going to go and do all of his bidding. He's going to try to steal golfers away from you, and you are going to try to steal golfers away from him. If you're looking for a deposit code, uh, it is power. I'll put the banner up so that you can see it. There you go. Um, and this IPO is going to close in the next probably four or five minutes or so. It's randomized close to 9 p.m. Eastern time so that we – don't have anything nefarious going on and it changes every single week. I will take you the rest of the way and I will unveil the top of the board and it'll show you that Will Zal Torres is indeed still the number one golfer in this jock market. He is currently at $9.06. That is the most expensive we've seen on Will Zal Torres since the Zozo Championship. He's well past his fair value and he's probably going to have to finish... I don't know, call it 14th, 13th or better or so um, at 9.06. Shane Lowry, the number one pre-ranked golfer, is continuing to hold his ground. 8.73 at the top with Sung J.M. right behind at 8.52. And Billy Horschel, who I'm quite fond of, $8 and a quarter. Those are the only four golfers in tonight's market right now over 8 bucks a share. The $7 tier is uh, small but powerful. Corey Connors is 756. Corey Connors now the most expensive he's been since the American Express. That was back in like late January. Uh Russell Henley, $7.16. This is the most expensive he's been eh, only since Wells Fargo. So I guess there's been a little bit of public sentiment here. Webb Simpson, uh maybe the greatest course history ever created. $7.10 a share right now. He's lost you in Jeez, five of his last six cash markets, including three straight with Siwoo Kim at 705. That is that right there is the $7 tier. When you get down to the sixes, you start to get some interesting options. We just saw a huge run on Brian Harmon. So Brian Harmon is now $6.44. Brian Harmon has legitimate top 10 upside. Uh, T6 at the Open Championship, nearly a 300% ROI. T8 at the Travelers, uh, basically doubled your money there, 92% ROI. T18 at the Memorial, that's 71%. T9 at the Wells Fargo, that's 91%, so on and so forth. He can pull up these triple-digit returns on a fairly regular basis. Uh, Taylor Pendrith, who... Uh, limped to the finish line, unfortunately, last week and was on the wrong end of a lot of tiebreakers, finished T2, did not get the full second place payout, but still returns you 160% ROI, which is now in this market, uh, four straight winning markets with two of them being over 160%. Let me try to uh, refresh this big board here and get you some more up-to-date numbers and we'll see how this market is 
maturing. And we'll still see that uh, Zalatoris continues to extend. Now $9.16 a share, which is up from about uh, a dime or so since the last time that we saw it. Corey Connors getting a little bit more expensive. Webb Simpson has now surpassed Russell Henley. Here comes the run on Tom Kim. He's six fifty-five a share. We are... 44 cents away from the most expensive Tom Kim we've ever seen. JT Poston getting a little bit of a bump up to 615, which is starting to fall in line with what we've seen him sit at. He was actually 675 when he won the John Deere Classic, so certainly not out of that realm quite yet. Adam Long, uh, $6 a share. And Kevin Kisner, who is back to defend this week, is $5.99 a share. I was interested to see how the public was going to treat Kisner coming off of a very disappointing miscut last week when he was $6 a share. We're already back to $6 again here. And one of the most expensive prices we've seen on Kisner in probably a year or so. Flip this around and look at the projected pre-rank. If you're looking for a top 10 golfer, the cheapest top 10 golfer right now is still Davis Riley, 575. Christian Bezaytenhout, 585. Those are the two cheapies that you can get. And maybe a little bit of uh, underwhelming support to this point on Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell's lost you in two straight cash markets. You could argue doesn't like playing overseas because that's where both of those were. 542, his fair value is 708. So his fair value was to finish 21st or better, and we are nowhere near that tonight. So you're not going to need a big push from uh, from Keith Mitchell to get the job done this week. We'll see if that changes over the course of the next minute or so because this IPO is going to close uh, certainly soon and could happen at any moment. Shane Lowry did just get through the $9 mark. The number one pre-ranked golfer trying to make a run at Zalatoris. He's 901. Terrell Hatton, I believe, just got a big bump. He's the ninth pre-ranked golfer that could have been Joe. Joe already mentioned he was kind of interested in Terrell Hatton this week. He's now up to 706, but still 25 cents short of his fair value, which is 734. Danny McCarthy gets a little bit of a bump to 643. Let's see what else just happened. Alex Smalley, 462. He's on the move. His fair value is still about 20 cents off or so. Steven Yeager sitting right at his fair value, just six cents short of it. That's short of it. That's $3.72 a share. Let's go to the second page real, real quick here and see if we can find anybody. Matt Wallace, 329. Michael Gligic, 321. But has been a winner in three of his last four missed cut the rocket mortgage. That was the only bad start for him from him in quite some time. I'm going to try to get one more refresh here, but I think we're going to be done really close. It's over. Wow. Shut it down. I think so. Is that? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's closed. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That was, that felt quick. My board. Uh, yeah, my board, my board says it's closed. Okay, shut it down, shut it down. So uh, the IPO is closed, but that's okay because live trading is going to begin in moments where you can buy shares, you can short shares, you can sell the shares that you just bought, whatever you like to do. Uh, the code you're looking for, power, that'll get you a deposit bonus, link in the description, all that fun stuff. Um, and let us know who's in your portfolio because Joe is going to unveil his portfolio to us whenever he is ready. I've got him up. You ready, bud? Let's do it right First off, now. guy in the chat, I'm with you. I lost out on JT Post mm. in the final seconds as well. Um, that's going to sting because he was he was fairly priced, I thought. Okay. Uh, at the top, Corey Connors. Love it. Denny McCarthy. I knew it. I knew you'd get back to Denny eventually. Dude, I'd be digging in that dirt, yeah. 
Uh, Tom Kim. Yes. Adam Long. Yes. Oh, this is my this is my type of portfolio. Matt Wallace. Let's go. Lee Hodges. Okay. Played well last week. Hayden Buckley and Roger Sloan. Those are my guys. I had a really good week last week. I think I was like uh, seventh on the board. I had like eight out of nine make the cut. So I'm going to try to run it back. I'm a little more invested this week. Although, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm sad to have missed out on JT Poston. But uh, let us know who you guys got in the chat. Connors McCarthy, Kim, Tom Kim, Adam Long, Matt Wallace, uh, Lee Hodges. I blanked on his first name there. Hayden Buckley, Roger Sloan. I'm generally quite like you know fair or warm on your portfolios joe this this is this is my guys these are my guys this is it this is this this is a good one i love to hear the support that you have uh for my guys maybe we could maybe we can split a little winnings we'll talk there you go brett skinner hv3 terrell hatton denny mccarthy justin rose ct pan rory sabatini and then jg funk got denny there with you davis riley okay brendan todd sebastian munoz jason day matt wallace andrew putnam Henrik Norlander, uh, Hayden Buckley, Roger Sloan, and, and Dylan Wu. So you share quite a few. Yeah, you've got like a little bit of a, a, a crossover there between you and JG Funk. Very good. Let's go. Okay, let's unveil uh, the big board here. Let me just make sure I have it updated real quick. So I have all the final pricing. I don't think we got anybody to $10 unless something came in very, very late, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't see that either. No. Zalatoris 916. That's your most expensive. Huh. And and then Lowry 905. So kind of the way it was playing out all night with Sung Jade 865, Billy Horschel at 826. That's that's the big four. And that's kind of the way um the sports book treated it as well. Yes, I would agree. Connors leads the next tier, 788, with Henley. I mean, like. Uh, uh, <laughs> Henley Simpson Varner Hatton. If you told me that they finished one through four or that they all missed the cut, I would not be surprised at all. I'm just interested to see what Henley Simpson Varner and Hatton do. They're the most interesting stories of the week for me. They are. You're a hundred percent spot on where they could miss the cut. I look, I I'd rather take the uh, 50 cent bump there and I'm happy with Corey Connors. I feel like, uh, his level of consistency from week in and week out, you kind of know a little bit more what you're going to get. And you're putting a lot of eggs in that course history basket with a couple of them. Siwoo, 705, Tom Kim, 668. And then you got sniped for JT Post and he finished Man. at 655, which is cheaper than he was at the 3M Open, cheaper than he was when he won at the John Deere. That feels like a pretty good price. Yeah, I would have paid it. I would have paid it. Um <laughs> Is what it is. Maybe there'll be an opportunity to buy some shares live. A couple, good point. A couple of top 10 golfers slipping all the way down here. Davis Riley, 606. Adam Scott, 625. Their pre rank helps, but not a lot of positive sentiment behind those guys. Yeah, surprised on on Scott a little bit. I do feel like there has been some sentiment there based on his performance last week and in last year at this event. So um, does feel like a good value spot. Number six pre-rank. He went more than a dollar below his fair value projection. Um, that's always usually means it was probably a good buy. Yes. We should have a... Um, I wonder if we get the guys to put a column in here that says like, difference to fair value 
Yeah. Right? Like I want to cool. sort by like who's way over their fair value or who's way under their fair value. That would be a good tool. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll have to email about that. Roger Sloan, you got Sloan. $2.25 yeah. a share, which I love because one, he doesn't have to do much to return you a profit. And if he snaps off and finishes second again, you're in business. And also, if he misses the cut, uh, you're not losing much. You're only losing a dollar and a quarter a share, which I always love those guys. Yeah, totally. A dollar and a quarter if he misses the cut. But really, if he makes the cut and I think finishes probably like 54th or better, um, you start incrementally making money from there. So I like guys like that. I love I love the upside plays on jock market. I'm willing to take a couple of missed cuts. If they were making every cut, uh, they wouldn't be two dollars and twenty five cents a share. So there's a reason they're that price. You kind of have to embrace it and, and pick a good spot for them because there's going to be. And Roger Sloan has proven that this is kind of uh, where you should plug your nose and play him yeah um next week we're gonna have 125 golfers at southwind yes they will have to adjust the payout structure correct um i don't think that they do i think they do when we get to the next stage we get to we'll, 70. we'll check with them yeah they'll yeah, definitely we'll have to do it when them. we get to 70 because yeah. they'll have a guy that finishes yeah uh, um i think that it's treated kind of like a, a wgc in which what i believe is they kept it the same but um we'll double check we'll make sure to clarify that off the top of the show next week but yeah we have this run up of the, of the fedex cup playoffs so three more events to sort of conclude the season the fields are yeah. Currently unknown. We've got guys this week playing for everything to get in. We've got guys suing to get in. So who knows who we're going to get next Joe, week? Joe, maybe we should sue to get in. <laughs> maybe we'll it's, it's, someone get us a restraining order so we can get in that's, there. That's our path to the FedEx Cup playoffs via lawyer. I love that. Uh, all right. Well, we will be back same time, same place uh, next week and the following week and the following week. Um, live trading begins right now. You can deposit with the code POWER and get yourself a hefty little deposit bonus. And you can follow Joe on Twitter at TorPix. And you can follow me at Rick Run Good. And we are wishing you all the best of luck this week for the Wyndham Championship. Goodbye.